stick that on record and I'll, okay, she's asking a second time now, so I'm just going to. Thanks for doing this. No problem. Is the sound and everything okay for you? You sound great, actually. Yeah, that Welsh accent okay. is coming through so melodically. <laughs> it's a great accent. It's a really of all the accents out there, the Welsh accent has music. I think. Well, possibly, just like the Irish. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I think we're set up nicely. Um, uh, I never prepare for um, these sorts of chats. And sometimes I say, well, maybe I should, but uh, obviously my brain would be thinking throughout the day, well, I'll ask him this or I'll ask him that. And then I, I don't, um, but we're here anyway, so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I came across you, the internet, YouTube just seems to give me, I, I think I came across you a year or so ago, I think your first video maybe came up, but it, it would seem that this particular, I don't even know what we're talking about, but this thing hit you at a very young age uh, that's what I, that's the one thing and that that's kind of getting into a story but um something hit you years ago isn't that it Is yeah it? yeah well we, we can only talk in story we can't talk about what i always call the ocean so there's no point trying in a way yeah all, all we can talk about is 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 story or measurements or Things that happen in time and space. Yeah. Um, but the paradox of the whole conversation is that thing we call time and space is what's being talked about. Yeah. So we can talk about coffee and it's the same. Yeah. And you see, for me, that's seeking something other. Somebody said to me, what did you think it looked like um, liberation? And I, then I start bullshitting. Sounds like rubbish coming out of my mouth. Sounds, you know, it's, I know in my heart of hearts, it's like saying, um, it's like a Bentley, you know, the Bentley cars, or it's like, yeah, yeah. I, or I was talking about a trip to the Caribbean. It would be the same, seeing somebody in a picture that I have in my mind of the Caribbean, and maybe I might be able to say that the warm water would touch my feet and, I might get served a pina colada on the beach by somebody lovely and whatever, but it still would be. And what do I expect from that? Or 
Yeah. Is there a thing called liberation? Is there liberation? You can equally talk about messiness and the, the, the paradox of life and pain and creation and destruction. You know, yeah. what's being talked about is everything. Um, and of course, if characters are being quite poetical, it can be um, talk, uh, talked about in, in like the positive in a way. And that's understandable um, because it's a bit like falling in love, really. It's, uh, um, it just explodes in the body, really. Um, but equally, if he spoke about the messiness of life and the quiet despair that's often in life, we're, talk we're, we're literally talking about this ocean. Um, so everything we talk about has two sides, two edges to it in a way. So uh, it it it. I'm resistant to just talk about the the sweet candy floss side. Yeah, and I'm. Um, that's. I, I think that's a good thing. I like the idea that it has to be everything, but still within that everything, we'll say is, I have an idea that. Um, I have an idea in my mind that some a few people see the everything, and I don't see the everything. <laughs> And that's uh, from, I might have glimpses or experiences in my life, but in the, the truth of it all, I f feel that I, I don't see life as it is. I see it through this idea of how it should be or shouldn't be, or, sorry, my bloody phone went there. I'm just going to make sure it's off now. Yeah, so in this everything, I have an idea that um, I'm missing something and that perhaps you have seen it or you know, whatever. There's, there's, you see, the one thing with this is you kind of speak in a certain way and it's... Uh, you can't, when I say you have seen it, then sometimes in these conversations it goes, well, nobody sees it. But that for me as a person, I find that frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the problem of knowing or knowledge, really. Um, in a sense, knowledge, which has great utility, also has an has a underbelly, as it were. It also creates, um, shall we call like a shadow, or what I call the illusion of knowledge. Hmm. So everything that you've just um, voiced are what I term like measurements. We're, we're making comparisons between one edge and another edge. And we're calling one enlightenment and one non-enlightenment or knowledge and ignorance. But possibly there's no such thing as ignorance. There's just, just the illusion of knowledge that's, that's happening. Um, because all what do you really know Frank so beyond this, uh, and, uh, everything that I know is based on what somebody has told me or I've read in a book beyond if I can park all that for the moment um, 
I, I don't know very much. Right. So, uh, what what do I know? Well, we're, wait, ha- wait, we're having wait. some sort of a podcast thingy, or we're chatting. Maybe. Are we even chatting? We're having a cut. There's a there's, there's sounds here. We're, uh, something happening. Maybe that's what I can say. Something is happening. That's the beyond forgetting all of the ideas. There is uh, there's something happening. There is something appearing to happen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's it. And all that, oh, the only thing we can know is, is a comparison between two different things, or, or what I've always called edges. Our whole body, our, this is before language happened, just from the fight, our physiology, we just run on a, I've always called it an edge protocol. Our bodies needed an edge, really, to survive. The same as we do today. We're always looking for an edge. What can make us different or what angle we can have to enhance our well-being or our money or our, our relationships. We're, all, we're always looking for that sort of edge because that's how we're designed. Our five senses and our brain are designed to to magnify edges in a way and to make comparisons to uh, support our replication, really, our survival. Um, Because we didn't have the luxury or the interest in knowing what is, if we term it like that, or the truth, or or even happiness. The body wasn't interested in that. It just had to, it had to move, basically. So just had to make an edge comparison um, to figure out the best ways of moving to enhance its replication and expansion. And it's, it's the same th- process that is functioning today. And the only, and it's all completely understandable and natural, but the one problem of all these measurements we make, to make this map work as it were to enable the, our organisms to move more effectively our brains predicted as it were that all these edges must have a center a something a thing so all our knowledge comes from a comparison of edges it's relative it's temporal and totally a comparison between two different edges, two or more edges. And we predicted that there's a center to these edges called a thing, called a franc, called a tree, called a cup, called coffee, called times, called space, and it goes on and on. But we have never met, we have never known what an apple is, or time, or space, or franc, or Paul. We have never met a separate something all we've ever known are comparisons between one edge and another edge. And that's where knowledge comes from. It's a little bit like electricity knowledge is. It's, electricity isn't in the positive pole or the negative pole or in the space between the poles. It's only when you put all those edges together, as it were, does electricity appear. So knowledge appears in the relative relationship between edges. 
which is which is uh, how the how the five senses de developed and to create a a simplified map as it were to um because we had to move quickly so maps had to be quite simple so we simplify our maps by negating most information because we can't process the immense complexity of of all the information of all the data that's that's being presented so we our five senses already simplify and simplify and simplify down to the edges that really it deemed had utility and those edges that had utility we predicted that we we made them into things as it were by predicting that there must be a center to these edges at the this comparison which i call a tree there must be a separate center to this thing called tree and then as the brain sophisticated it it developed this this rocket fuel in a way that increased its ability to move it, it increased its dynamic range hugely because it was able to create the subjective edge appearing to be separate from an objective edge instead of there just being a, like a primitive animalistic res immediate response to stimuli it it enabled itself to as it were stand back from its experience from its map and and overlay the possibilities when it was able to create that in a way another protective edge which we call the subject the me and when i was able to stand back from that animalistic map suddenly our our ability to make choices or our range of movement increased you know just exponentially and and so humans as we know them you know became top of the pyramid as it were and then those edges which we made into things which are just it's all a physiological a brain process then develops into what we call a cultural process really the things then become simplified into the things that had most utility were given more meaning like a hierarchy and that those things that had more meaning become beliefs and this then becomes a shared cultural dynamic really a cultural knowledge and those beliefs in a way that which were solidified or even more became our truths the, the map or the model we use to function or to move in life um, and then you have that slight little problem of a truth coming back into contact with life again it's like the rubber hitting the road again where there's always a friction there has to be a friction because it's always in a sense receiving new information and that new information has to be um fitted into the existing model as it were or rejected but there's always a constant friction there's always a constant in a sense imbalance in the system 
so the system is very much interested in new edges because new edges could be uh, in a very primitive way it could be food <laughs> or could be or, or or i could be the food the new edges are, are the most interesting aspect of information coming in so our brains and our senses tend to give new edges a lot more in a way they magnify them but by negate by negation they negate what they think they know the system knows by making it slightly boring in a way I, well i know that's a cup and saucer so it becomes uh it it, it draws less attention from the systems but the new edges draw a lot more attention so the brain using attention in in a way it's a bit like a camera wherever the focal length of a camera is things come into focus so the system wherever it puts its attention that in a sense is magnified into focus into knowledge hmm. we in a sense the the relative relationship between two edges one of which is your body and one say the environment in a sense brings into name and form into time and space uh, an essence which is immeasurable which has no edges because it's not a something we can only make measurements of edges we can only know if there's a if there's a gap in a way between a this and a that a subject and an object a male and a female a past and a future a sweet and a sour loud and silence we can only all our knowledge comes out of these comparisons of these edges but the brain this is like eating the the apple in the garden of eden the apple of knowledge the trade-off of this huge utility this knowledge was the prediction that there must be a center a separate center to these edges that the object must have a separate center whatever that may be and this subject which is just another object as it were also has a center called a me Mm. but an objective center or indeed a subjective center has never been experienced has never been found has never been known because this thing we can't talk about we can just have this sort of drunken conversation about it mm. has no gap there is no relationship between two things so it cannot be talked about so in that sense anything that can be written in a book or talked about is not cannot describe the immeasurableness of this ocean of what is i often call words a bit like a spade they're brilliant for digging holes into the ground and building foundations and building any sort of structure you want on that on those foundations but when we come to to the ocean the spade is not very effective to dig in holes 
to try to get to the bottom of it is an impossibility and also very exhausting. Yeah, no, but using an inappropriate tool. Still, though, I felt drunk there listening to you. Like it's the way you describe, it's like a drunken conversation for a moment. I did feel flowing, but um, the. So, and that's that is that that's a description of this formation and solidity of a self that it's it's how the formless appears to be a form and they're not two we have to be very careful with words because we are having a drunken conversation <laughs> Now, in a way, all these words will have to be, will be vomited out. Mm. Anything said will be vomited out. Any measurement will be vomited out. What do you mean by that when you say that? Vomited as not out. needed, as not needed, as inappropriate. Just ramosh, just blah, blah, blah. But, but the paradox is that whatever measurement or what, whatever appears is what we're talking about. The only ever, if you could say that, is the, is the illusion that this knowledge is created, that there must be a center. to the measurements we give to sight, sound, hearing, touch, taste, thoughts, feelings, that all these measurements of these, these edges have a, have, a, have a center. There are no things, Frank. There are no centers. There is no thing ever been born. So what we're talking about is an apparent movement, as it were, called time and space, but with no mover. What we're talking about is seeing, but there is no separate center that is a seer. It's just a movement, a measurement called seeing. And these edges, again, paradoxically, are edgeless edges. <laughs> hmm. That's the no separation, is that what you mean by that? That's... Well, yeah, the, the, the separation only, or we could say change, only appears in the, in the relational, in the measurements. But the intrinsic isness of this immeasurableness cannot be measured because it doesn't need measurements. So it's like the waves can change on an ocean, but the intrinsic wetness of the ocean is unchanged by the appearance of waves or no waves. And they become edgeless waves, sorry, if a little bit like the Indians have a lovely analogy. Um, they, they always say, is there such a thing as a gold necklace? Uh, is a necklace and gold, are they different things? 
You asking me that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were, I thought that was. Uh, <laughs> are a necklace and gold different things? Yeah. If I make a, if I make you, I fall madly in love with you, and I make you a gold necklace. Yeah. And I say to you, Frank. Look at this beautiful thing I've made for you. It's a gold necklace. Yeah. I say, and then I ask you, are the gold and the necklace different things? No, I would say. No. Otherwise, I could give you the necklace and keep the gold. Yeah. So likewise, all these forms, as it were, all these measurements, are in a way borrowed. All there is is gold. All there is is ocean. What I've called ocean since I've been a, a 16 year old. Or, you know, whatever name people want to give this. You know, there never was a separate something which was a necklace. In the sense, all these apparent forms just borrow their wetness as it were from from the from the from the formless from the ocean there's no gap between what we call form and formless there's not two So drinking coffee is what's being searched for. Everything is in that. The hearing of a sound. The hearing of a voice. The response to a voice. The wetness in all of these apparent movements is what we're talking about. Is the ocean. And the necklace was never born never dies. They're just relative relationships which are temporal and totally dependent on comparisons. There are no things. Uh, for a time in this, you see, you, you kind of use your um, your mouth and your brain, try to, well, your brain definitely, you mentioned words, but your brain tries to kind of get a hold of uh, what you're talking about. And through what you're saying, comparisons are made. And so normally you can go, but that's like that, so that equals that. But the more you talk, then the brain just goes, well, no. And so then it's flatline, and now I seem to be talking, but um, it, I, I do kind of reach this, um, this is so, it's like, I, I don't understand you. It's, it's not, I don't understand, so this is a, a pink, this is a pink cup, and there are the edges of it, and that's empty space around it and this thing is frank and their glasses and that's the computer screen and 
it's everything is a thing everything is a comparison everything you've just described is a comparison you haven't described anything <laughs> but there's a cup is that a, that's a cup it's a cup in relationship to the space around it or to a to the fluid inside it but what is fluid is there a separate something which is fluid that you know um but now there's water <laughs> <laughs> but do we know what water is without the label of it but you see how i navigate through this is through labels and things and names so yeah, i call that i call that water and it's a real thing when i when i hear what you're saying when i can take that away then it's everything it's like the painting without uh, pin you have a painting and you don't just take one thing out of the painting. You have the whole painting, you have a kid playing in a forest and blah, 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 but it's the whole painting. It's not just one thing. So that's painting. I think what you're saying is this is everything. But the everything is, is the something, is the measurement. The cup and saucer. This so, is I, so I do, but I, I th so everything is, it's what's happening. It's what's happening. And that is beyond, it's not controlled. It's, it's just what's happening. Is what it's you're beyond saying. measuring. It's, it's there just beyond, what's happening. It's, it's beyond, yeah, it's beyond, be careful of my words. It's beyond, it, it doesn't need measuring. What is, because it has no edges, it's immeasurable and is self-evident. It doesn't need any measurement to put something into a knowing box. Something can only be known if it can be compared to something else. But what this ocean is has no other so that it has no relationship or comparison to another something. So this is the difficulty for using a measuring device called our brain and our five senses as the tool to try to put into a box what has no edges. Um, so knowledge will just always go round in a loop. Yeah, but for a moment there, what I thought you were saying is that there is just there is just everything. There's just this, and whatever is coming out, and whatever sounds are being made, and then on top of that, there is an, a feeling of. But there's just, you see, I, I, there's a sense of being someone in the world, you operate in time and space. So the thisness of everything, the just here. How, that's, 
to just what what the fuck? <laughs> um, Uh, I don't know, I'm a little bit dumbfounded here at the moment. Um, yeah, what were we talking about? <laughs> Cups of coffee and tea and sounds and... and water. Simply, like you said, just what's happening. Yeah. But, it's, I, but you see, then how the fuck do you, how do you know that? That is, there's... How is it possible that it's known? Well, it's the one thing that doesn't need knowing. And, and knowing can only... Knowledge comes out of the relationship between two or more things. That's where knowledge emerges from, like electricity. When you have two or more edges, you can have time and space. You can have knowledge this thing we call knowledge, and it has huge utility. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's the way the physiology developed. The physiology and the brain developed to enhance the ability to, in a sense, it just responded, the, the physiology responded to its, the stimuli, to its environment. And it had to move, it had to respond, which is like a movement. And so it just found the edges, which had the greatest, what it felt had the greatest utility to give it an edge so that it could move and replicate and survive. But it couldn't take it on board the, the, the immeasurableness of life. It's just too, too immeasurable. So it had to simplify and simplify. So, so the five senses already started the process of simplifying the data it brought in, the edge that it, that, it, that it became aware of. So like in our visual spectrum, we only, I think, as far as we know, see about 0.0035% of the electromagnetic spec spectrum. Everything else, physiology deemed, deemed as lacking utility, so it excludes it. It didn't respond. It only responded to those edges which had greatest utility. Because it had to move. It was designed to survive and replicate and expand. It, as, as I said, it wasn't interested in what is, or happiness, or any of these more sophisticated ideas. It is just interested in finding food and not being food, in that sense. So the, the five senses simplify and simplify and simplify this information. And then our, with the development of the brain, the brain was able to, in a sense, 
create a, a simplistic map of these edges. And then we were able to produce what we call like a primitive animalistic response. It was almost like a two-dimensional map in a way in which there was a stimulus and a response. But when the brain became more sophisticated or developed, whatever word you wanted, it was able to create another protective edge, which we call this subjective edge. It, it was able to create the appearance that there was a subject and an object. It could stand back from its animalistic map. So instead of just responding, it was able to stand back and in a way overlay other maps, other possibilities onto that animalistic map. But if it, if you just take here, right? Yeah. Just this, as opposed to, um, well, how this sense of being someone in this world and that it's time, you know, 1975 is real and it's 2019 and it's Friday. If you... Uh, just say this this conversation here, which is uh, this happening right yeah. here, right now. What what is this then? Is it, uh, you know what's happening here? A conversation. A conversation. That's that can the only thing that can be described unknown is that sort of time and space relationship but this ocean or and the, can the ocean recognize itself as an ocean it, it, it has no needs and they can only be recognition if there's two things It's more simplistic. It's more. It's it's so simple. It can't be. It can't be measured. It can't be put into a measurement. I, I in forty years I've never been able to come close to. Because we're just using language, which is completely born out of measurements, out of time and space, to try to express. Or describe something which has no edge, has no measurement, has no comparison, is not in a relationship with a something else. It's not in a relationship relationship to something called knowing or ignorance, or or birth and death, or creation and destruction. It's not in a relationship to any of those measurements. They're all real measurements but the movement the actual movement the measuring is what we're talking about so the brain is brilliant at everything but describing what is I'd say this sense of 
yourself or feeling that you know the world and but you, you're that you this tiredness or this bored of this knowing because you realize it's kind of oh it's like it's not it's it's a dry sort of that knowledge is dry sort of non-experiential it's just well, a loop it's just the same safe loop right well knowledge in itself isn't it's just it's just again because knowledge creates that appearance that there is a center or shall we call a knower yeah it thinks it knows what a cup is and yeah. so it becomes boring because i've seen this cup umpteen times yeah so the boredom doesn't come from knowledge it comes from that that shadow of knowledge as it were that sense that there is a knower and that knower feels separate from a from what it deems to be a separate cup and that's where the boredom because inherently the sense of separation is unsatisfactory yeah so again that movement called frank is designed <laughs> to keep the movement going it had to it has to be dissatisfied and again nature has designed you to be permanently dissatisfied be careful of my words i'm not talk there are no centers there is no separate something which is frank but nature itself in a sense uh, i often laugh it's it's the originator of consumerism and fake news that's how it keeps itself going because it over promises like a good advertising company will do it'll over promise this this product or this pleasure to get you to move towards it and when you have it it will deliberately diminish the pleasure to leave a sense of dissatisfaction because it wants you coming back for more and not only it's very and not only does it do that in the memory it'll enhance the memory of the of the expectation and diminish the memory of the dissatisfaction to keep the movement to keep the loop going so nature is the most has always been the expert in fake news and consumerism it's the originator of it it overpromises and underdelivers by creating fake news that there is a something that you can get because you're a something that when you get it you'll feel satisfied you'll feel more complete yeah and that's the con because it's designed very opposite to that. It's designed to keep the organism moving. So there's no point you having a, a cup of coffee and being satisfied for the next six months. Because you'll probably die <laughs> in 
in, in the spectrum of evolution. You won't replicate and survive. It needs you to move and replicate to the exclusion of, of all else in a way. Because even that movement, which we call evolution, that movement or what I call these edges, these edgeless edges are what is, they're, they're, be careful of my words, they're like echoes of the infinite. The movement will never be satisfied until it swallows the whole of time and space in a way, until it has everything, until it is everything. Because it's an echo in a way of what is. Careful of these words are a bit poetic and a bit drunk. <laughs> because the movement, because it feels, because it's created this illusion that there is a center, there is a something in this context of this conversation of me. It'll never, never be happy because that appearance of a center, a separate something, is just fake news. It's built on nothing. It's built on a, on a lie. So it's like trying to satisfy a pink elephant. It's an impossibility. So the system is designed to be dissatisfied. That system isn't real, did you say? I don't understand these words real and real and unreal are only comparisons between edges. What we're talking about has no edges. You know, it's equally wet or equally free in whatever you measurement you call real or unreal. So the you can only use that term in relation to specific edges in time and space or what in in science i think they call model dependent truth see then i get the idea that you see what you're saying is more valid than what i'm saying that yours is closer to this wetness than what i'm saying well that's the illusion of knowledge the illusion that there is a separate center called frank and a separate center called paul who knows something? That's the fake news. That's the lie. And it's kept going by that constant movement. In a sense, the non-existent center keeps its appearance by, by continually moving. Yeah. Like kids, you know, you remember sparklers? Yeah. Doing fire, and you keep it, keep it going hard, fast. And it appears that there's a solid circle of, spa of sparkle. Yeah. And it takes a load of energy to keep that appearance going. 
because as soon as that movement stops, it's seen that there isn't a circle. Yeah. So the me is a little bit, the appearance of the me is a little bit like that. The physiology has to keep feeding it, like it keeps feeding the body to keep the body replicating. It has to keep feeding the story of me, because without the story, there's no me. Without the movement, there's no me. Without the movement, there's no time and space. So these words we use, time and space, me, the story of me, are all words for the same thing, really. So nothing can be said about this. Anything that can be said about this is not this. While paradoxically being this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have this kind of love-hate um, thingy going on with this, say, this interest in non-duality, or let's just say seeking. And yeah. there's loads of times I kind of go, I mean, what, what? I've spent a lot of time, let's just say, or eight years interested in it and not interested in it and whatever. But uh, um, I keep going, well, well, hopefully I just stop now. Can I just stop being interested in this and move the fuck on, leave it, let it go, just forget about it? And there's one time there's the thought of, well, that's the equivalent to death, letting it go. But then the other is, okay, well, let's just see what happens. Can I just forget about it entirely? And I can't seem to just, but it's the kind of, it's only the only thing that I'm really sort of interested in. And it's absolutely nothing at the same time. And it's kind of, you get this feeling of, well, what even am I interested in? By being interested in this sort of, this, this, everything. It's trying to figure it out and blah, 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 that movement. It's, it's a bit like, uh, you know, over all these years, it's like in some characters, once this itch begins, once the genie in a, in a way is out of the bottle, there's no way of putting the genie back in the bottle. Yeah. I've never met anybody over 40 years that could put that genie back in the bottle. It's a pain, it can be a real pain in the arse. You know, in many ways, it's, it's better not to have the genie out of the bottle yeah. in a really practical utility point of view. Yeah. But once the genie's out, there's no going back, Frank. Because because there's no there'll be no satisfaction with with there being a separate something with that appearance anymore the cat's out of the bag the bag in the way yeah I had that. it will not be satisfied with the something this the what we call the no physiology thing. you could say becomes very very greedy then it wants everything but also, it's kind of like, uh, yeah, I don't actually trust any kind of thought I have about what I do want. I don't, I don't, I kind of go, oh, wouldn't it be great? And then I go, wouldn't it, would it? I don't know. I mean, I don't really believe that. There's then the idea about this or getting this or doing this or whatever. All of those things just seem to be ideas that are more bullshit more kind of seeking and there's no 
the movements the movement is it's stillness moving there's nothing wrong with the movement the only this but wanting um, everything what you said there is really no, like it's want everything yeah yeah but it's in sense there's a something that wants another something that's where the the headache comes from but also recognizing with that 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 appetite is utterly insatiable because it do, it just it's it's like a, a starvation that can't be fed. It's kind of like, oh, what's enough? And then you go, well, then, do you know what I mean by that? That kind of seeking energy is kind of, well, what is enough? Like the entire universe, they, when does it end, this seeking thing? This yeah. wanting, needing, blah, 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 trying to know, understand this, that. <clears throat> So what happens if there's all of that, all those movements, what you call seeking, but there's no separate something which is a seeker? What happens to that movement, whatever it is, seeking, drinking, eating, talking, sleeping, waking? If there's no separate something that is a sleeper or a drinker or a waker or a seeker, what happens to those measurements, to that knowledge? Oh, that's nice, yeah. Yeah. That's the illusion of knowledge. It's a bugger. There's a, that biting that apple as <laughs> a real trade-off. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we gain knowledge careful of these words knowledge was gained but there was a price as it were our oh, words are impossible frank yeah well you still you, you do a good job but because like i mean it's funny when you're talking there's no kind of um just watching you there's no kind of referring to it just seems to be very, uh, maybe this is a bit of projection onto you, but it doesn't seem to be, say if I was to tell you a story, I'd have to reach into the past to make a comparison, whereas everything you're saying is kind of, a, a seemed like just a spontaneous outpouring of whatever the fuck that was. Because this, conversa this conversation has no gap. What we're talking, this conversation is gapless, is ocean. There is no, there's no distance. It has, it's, it's, it's one and the same. It's, 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 it's difficult to use this, this word, but it's, it's a love which has no gap where there's no distance. The only place where there's distance and gaps is in, in knowledge, in the relationship between two or more apparent edges. Yeah, I this, this is why they use this word unconditional. It's unconditional because it needs no specific measurement. It's not interested in knowledge or ignorance. 
it's not interested in the measurements of one or two. See, when I, people talk about love and bliss and peace or whatever, whatever, even unconditional love, it's kind of like, I feel like there's something wrong with me that I don't have, I don't, don't really know what love is, is my sense. There might be momentary things, that, whatever, but this idea of what is unconditional love or love in general, I seem to be just um, devoid of it, or I don't know, it seems to be alien. Well, it's again, it's just another word that has to be vomited out in a way. Um, Again, this in this context, this love can never be known in that measurement sense, because it's it's in a way it's like a, a naked, ruthless love because it doesn't see a, any other because there's no gap, there is no other. So it's so it's so in a way it rips everything to the ground. It rips the whole of time and space, the whole of past and future, the whole of us and them, male and female, young and old, black and white, all these measurements just collapse. It rips, it ruthlessly rips everything apart, as it were. Again, that was a bit drunken. Put those words in. Uh, were, I mean, I, but I, it's. <laughs> you see, the thing the other day, this I had this. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, the other day, I had this. Um, oh, I just was having a, was a bad moment, and um, I just had this overwhelming wave of. Oh, that's utter exhaustion. And um, I mean, it passed and it was all consuming, let's just say, but it was this. I don't know, this, this trying to, this ex exhaustion, but trying to get this, in a sense, this utter, utter exhaustion. Not, I'm sick of myself even saying that I'm exhausted. Not only am I exhausted, I'm sick of myself being exhausted. And this just utter tiredness. And uh, um, because it's all obvious in a way, this, uh, that nothing to be, sometimes it was feeling of the, was this bat banging your head against something or go around in a circle trying to find it just seemed like a pointless movement. And then the, all this vesting and trying to get it seems ridiculous. This, all of it just seems to, and then yet that, that was overwhelming. I'm exhausted, I'm in bits, whatever. And then it almost, it kind of like, I come back together again, reboot. It's like a reboot and a clawing back to, okay, to do. Um, it's just when you said the word ruthless, I felt this, whatever, 
this thing, this me trying to get this seems just like this is stupidest joke ever. And yet I just can't seem to stop it either. It's like the worst, it's the worst addiction ever. And it's an addiction, it's an addiction almost, this. It's another survival or I don't know, that, that's even something I've learned. Yeah, it's, in that sense, it's the most common drug being passed around. And it's, and you know, one drug addict loves the company of another drug addict because they support each other's activity in a way. So that's what loops do. You know, that's why, because the loop has to be continually fed to keep the appearance that there is a solid something called a me. Otherwise, it'll just, you know, it, well, it does collapse many times anyway. Um, yeah. But it has to be rebooted, as you, as you said, into, uh, into a semblance of balance again. Um, without too much balance. You're not designed to have too much balance. Because again, life wants you, needs you to replicate and move and expand. So it'll make sure it keeps you imbalanced. <laughs> but what, but saying all that, you know, a spade can only be a spade. That's what that, those five senses, that brain, that physiology is designed for. So what the suggestion is, what happens if there is that movement but no separate something, which is a mover. Nothing has ever been born, Frank. There are no things, including a thing called Frank. <laughs> you know, so and that's, that's just, again, all the illusion of knowledge. It's sub, there is a something that can be balanced or imbalanced. They're just edge comparisons. It's all an edge protocol that this five senses in the brain of, for utility purposes have modeled as a response to the stimuli of the environment. And then when it became more sophisticated, it's more like a dialogue now in which the environment molds the physiology and the physiology can mold the environment by creating its by simplifying it's the data into things which have meaning and utility and belief and truth. You know, we solidify this map of how things are. Whereas never realizing that the, these edges have no center. 
these apparently different edges have no centers there's no separate something which is an object and no separate something which is a subject there's just measurement because it needs an edge the body needed an edge to survive same as it does today always looking for an edge how to make more money or how to be the fastest person in the world or how to attract a, a mate we're always looking for an edge because that's the way this whole thing is it's a spade it's designed to do that that's the knowledge. It's just the knowledge is created, predicted, intuited, like, because this is pre-intellectual thought even. It's, it's created the energetic sense that there's a, a center by lots of... But it is felt like whatever, a few seconds ago, I had the thought of, I don't know how to operate my eyes. I can't, I can't, I can't move my, uh, my eyes are moving, I'm not moving my eyes. How? And uh, because you see that, but that's, I feel like, oh, I move my eyes. I am the one who moves them up and down and I move my hands. But, but it's not, it's, it is psychosomatic, this, if this control is not just oh i believe you know you hear this stuff about oh it's just a thought the sense of being somebody it is a, a felt sense yeah no thought came a lot later that this is prior to thought yeah the sense of being somebody it's the sense the sense that there's an a something a center the physiology creates that because it because it the only way it could make it, it it has to have a map basically of, of, of how to move. And the, the way you get maps to function quickly and get, it does a, this miraculous job of like integrating all these edges and filling in the gaps like our blind spot where there's no information, it fills in information. And it, like a camera grain, it stabilizes these sort of like edgy lines into, into like orderly holes and processes. It's like pattern recognition in a way. Sometimes it, it works so hard, it, there's all this information, then suddenly you can see a face in the pattern. It's a little bit like that. And, and the patterns that it found had utility, it, it predict, to map those things that had utility by creating the, the sense that there's a center to those edges, its mapping ability was just exponentially better the dynamic range that, that gave that organism to move and respond to stimuli was like, um, like just rocket fuel, really. It just gave it so much more ability, that ability to create that protective edge or that subjective edge we call a me. I could stand back from that primitive map and overlay other possibilities, other comparisons, just allowed movement to be a hundredfold better, that we dominated everything else.
but the physiology did that, enhanced that map making ability by predicting that there must be a separate center to these edges while never ever having experienced one. All it experiences is the comparisons between edges. It's never known what a tree is. There's only a comparison between the space and a bush or a lion. It only knows that's a tree because of those comparisons. It's never known what a tree is. Because there are there is no separate center to a tree. Like there's no separate center to that subjective edge, that protective mechanism we call a me. The center is an illusion. There are no things. No, literally, there's no separate something that's ever been born. There's mm. just life. An immeasurableness that through the relative relationship between two objects, two edges, when we call the body and the environment, in a way brings the immeasurable into a temporal name and form a temporal comparison and that mechanism is greatly enhanced by predicting or intuiting or sensing that there must be a center to these edges but yet there's no location for this center <laughs> exactly there's no center point sorry your, your, your voice went there's no center point can you still hear me Yes. There's no center point to this so-called center. There's no place where I can say, okay, well, I'm here. Yeah. You know, or maybe here. Or... There's, just, there's just edgeless edges. And the comparison between them is where knowledge is based. And that knowledge has predicted that it must be a center to those edges called a you and a me. And that's the illusion in inherent in knowledge. That's the bite in the apple of knowledge in the Garden of Eden. Yeah, I've always been curious about that, about the <laughs> apple thing. Yeah. All <laughs> these stories that, you know, these drunken stories that people have made up to try to measure something which can't be measured. But when you're drunk, hey-ho, let's go for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it sounded a good idea at the time. And many are so beautiful in their own way. But when they become... You, uh, you talk um, very different. The language you use is a lot different than other... Um, it's just different. It's a different description. But it's it's the same, it's the same, but it's different in a way. I mean, it's very, it's just it's um, 
But there was no, nothing in my character. I was just a football boy. I wanted to be a professional football player. Okay. When I what I called the ocean, like just smashed this thing. The appearance that there is a center just smashed it, as it were. So I had no religious or spiritual background. There's no Google, no internet, because this is forty odd years ago. Yeah. So it's just it's just ocean and this luminosity, which was the football, which was the mum and the and this body. There's all just these edgeless edges. This luminosity. So people just put into into words, into like a measurement. You know things that are, I suppose, specific to that culture. So you've disappeared. To there, I can hear you, but um, at the moment, unless you've moved out of the. It's my phone. Is the camera? Ah, uh, okay. So you're you're you've come in on your mobile phone, have you? Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's good quality for a phone. Must have a good phone. <laughs> it's, a, it's Apple. It's Apple, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the Apple, yeah. yeah. I had this idea for, I mean, you, um, I had this idea for a movie in my mind when, um, that because I think they're going to make te technology edible. I, I just have that sense that to integrate it, into the brain that they'll that it will be edible and apple will have an edible piece of technology and my kids will come to me one day and go do you think it'd be okay if i eat this apple and i go no don't <laughs> that'll be my reaction but i do i do think that'll happen that'll be kind of i don't know would it be poetic i don't know we're certainly living in interesting times yeah yeah, we are, yeah. Lots of just change seems to be speeding up dramatically. Yeah, for my kids and things, yeah. I think it's um it'd be different times. Um so, so from a just from a like forgetting about ocean and non-duality, just from a it seems we're entering into a time where I've got two boys. Yeah. And you, this conversation of understanding really how we're wired to create or we function on fake news and consumerism in a way. So that's where the inherent uh, problem is. Mm. So unless it, it, I would think it'll become more advantageous if people realise how what their physiology is doing, which will then possibly help them navigate, um, like information streams now that are just well, there's an infinite number of them, and how do you separate out which is valid, which isn't valid, um. So the sort of world they're going to have to navigate will be a lot more complicated in many ways. 
Um, so I think if they know how they're the tool that they use in their physiology, how that works, might be a, a, a useful yeah ability, ability to have well the sense of or the seeing that um it's kind of just uh the striving energy do you mean this kind of seeing carrots and by carrots that you can go after everywhere that yeah you that you know things out you know, our physiology is designed on fake news and and, and over promising yeah and, and deliberate deliberately leaving the system in a state of imbalance or dissatisfaction because it wants this wants you to keep coming back or wants you to keep replicating um i think has a uh, is reflected in so many areas of 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 modern life now yeah well it's always it's never ever 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 this it's always the next thing. It's and there's nothing, the you know, there's nothing inherently wrong in movement. It's again, mm. it's just that the fakeness of knowledge is that the the prediction that there must be a center, there must be a me that is a mover. Then, then the game becomes utterly different, as it were. Yeah. So if there's movement but no mover, but that's then, it, that, then that's a different dance. But that, I mean, there's there's a lot of dancers, seven billion dancers, really. Now, for sure. And uh, in a way, there'll be seven billion different ways that a character can get wet, as it I call it falls in the ocean yeah it doesn't seem again after all these years it doesn't seem to be any um conditions necessary or specific conditions necessary yeah i had the other day i had the sense of there how, how could there be a way to everything when it's everything so the, yeah. the try, they're trying to get everything is still everything so how can there be a way to get there yeah so it just becomes a, a a drunken dance in a way you know how if there is that how can you get closer to everything it's an yeah. impossibility yeah did you say have you said was did you said the word and everything did i hear that in one of your conversations and everything yeah i've heard a few i originally heard it from an old monk okay Oh, I don't know. Yeah, about 40 years ago. And uh, he was quite a humorous guy. He must have been in his 80s. And he just, he only ate bananas. Did he? He only ate bananas. And, uh, but the most, he used to sit uh, in the foyer and just speak to people, I don't know, 12, 14 hours a day about all sorts of subjects. He was a real... Um, encyclopedia, in a way, um, and ve a very humorous, childlike sort of guy. Um, but yeah, that's the, the first place I heard I heard that word. 
and everything. Yeah, you know that that seven billion ways to fall. Well, there is no condition that is um, to fall. But I, so obviously, when there is a when the when the separate sense falls into the ocean, it doesn't ever. There's no memory of being a separate self again. Is there? It's there's no way that it's not like it's. Uh, Say if I have a a cup of coffee, and I've tasted that cup of coffee from this morning, and now what well, I can't remember, I have some taste in my mouth, and I can picture the cup and the whatever. But that this falling into the ocean is obviously is it doesn't need anybody to go. Here's your stamp of uh, somebody said, as Robin said to me once. Here's your stamp of approval. Paul doesn't need anybody to say, "Well, this is what this what's happened there." You know that you've tasted the ocean. You don't need any validation for for it. There's no certificate. There's no proof. There's no anything for that for that happening or that falling into the ocean. I know I'm making it something now, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you don't say, <laughs> oh, what can I do? <laughs> this, this, yeah. I, yeah, don't even this answer. Is, sorry, it's the paradox of having a drunken conversation. Yeah. You know, by its nature, it it functions in, in cause and effect, really. Yeah. And what we're talking about is unconditional. It has no cause or indeed effect. We're talking about something which never happens. <laughs> it is just, it has more the flavor of like, it was just, oh, careful of these words. It's like the, the end of something which never was. But even that doesn't get, that's just rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> It's you know, literally, literally nothing happens. Yeah. Mm. I, I, anyway, I've always the sense of um, that I, I, I can taste the flavor of what you're talking about, as opposed to, I, there's no part, I mean, and it, it's kind of, it can taste the flavor of what you're talking about completely. That. Uh, the everythingness, and um, so it's not. That's why I'd, I probably don't go. That's but that often because I can, you know, I can. It doesn't. It's not. It's not. It doesn't seem like bullshit. It doesn't. It and it's not. It's not that I understand it, or I I recognize that the, the understanding is pointless. It's the flavor of it comes in when you're talking, it's like, you know, when somebody's cooking something in the distance, you can get the the, the smell and you, your mouth can water. So whilst you might be eating the steak, you still, in this, in this kind of conversation, maybe I get to, no, for me, I, there's a little bit of a flavor of it and anyway. it comes into my mouth from time to time. So that's why I'm not going, Ra ra ra, Paul. That's bullshit, or you know, because I am that kind of a way. I, I like things to be proven. If somebody was to offer me a, some sort of a, a herb, 
and they tell me all this stuff about this herb will do wonders for your something. Unless I, unless it was a boom to my system, I'd go, I'm sorry, I didn't really feel anything. So I know what you're saying. Thanks. I gave it a go, but I don't believe that this worked. It could work for other people, but not for me. Whereas this particular sense of the oceanness, oneness, everythingness is not an abstraction. It doesn't feel alien it's to me. To me. <laughs> 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 yeah. Anyway, because what we're talking about has, in that sense, has no benefit. Because it doesn't need to have a benefit. Because again, it's free. Mm. It's equally free in Balance. benefit or non-benefit. <laughs> it's not relational to all those measurements. Yeah. It's a drunken paradox. But yeah. It yeah. can never be written about, it can never be verbalized. Whatever is said is not it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't catch catching it. Because there aren't there isn't a something. There isn't a something which is ocean or non-dual. Yeah. That's the you can't catch everything. You can't catch catching. You know, you can't... Well, it's not that you can't catch it. It needs no catching. You can't <laughs> catch catching. You can't catch catching. You can't... No. You can't speak about speaking. Because speaking is already it, in a way, is what you're saying. In a roundabout way. Everything sings it. Every edge sings its edgelessness. So... Yeah. Every, literally what's being apparently sought for is simply everything's in drinking a cup of tea or the sound of a voice all these edges are just edgeless because there's no center There are no things. It's just ocean. It's just this. <laughs> That's a nice way to end, I think. <laughs> Cool. Cool. Um, I'll send it on to you. 
<laughs> thingy. And um, thank you, Paul. <laughs> thank you, Frank. Cheers, man. Yeah. Bye bye. See you. Yeah. See you again. Yeah. I'll, I'll drop you a note. See you. Hi, if you like the conversation that I just had and you'd like more, please hit the subscribe button. Thank you. Frank. Bye. 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 Bye.